1: Macaroni salad where it's like tenuously held together with like pasta. Like,
0: oh God. Mayo on all kinds of things. Saltines, rice, just out of the jar. Crickets. I'm going to go with ham. Bamboo worms. We'll eat cow ass and we'll eat we'll eat pig ass. Tomato-based sauce with a semi-ripe banana on the side. Dried lemon rinds. Marmite on pasta. Hi, and welcome to Burt Toast from
2: food52.com, a podcast about what we all talk about around the stove at the water cooler, in the office. It's what doesn't make it on the website, but what we're all talking about otherwise. I'm Amanda Hesser, one of the co-founders of Food52, and I'm here with our managing editor, Kenzie Wilbur. Hi. Joining us today is also Alison Robicelli, owner of Robicelli's, and also the author of the cookbook, Robicelli's A Love Story with Cupcakes. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you here. I'm very happy to be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And today, we're going to talk about Weird food. To kick this off, I brought in some weird food, um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it's a it's a peanut butter and kimchi sandwich. Um, I'm sorry if this is gonna smell kind of weird. It might. I have no problem with um, this. I I smelled already. Can you smell it? I'm sorry. <laughs> <Starting> <laughs> just feeling a little nausea. That's all. Wow! Wow! <laughs> you too. It's, it's so strong. Ooh, ooh yeah. Okay. That's not. Um, are you guys going to eat That's this with not eleven a.m. food. Not gonna, you're um, not going to eat this with me. I'll try um, it. Yeah, okay, give so it a whirl. so we so we heard about this sandwich called the LC, served at this restaurant. I'm just in, starting. In, I'm, in, I'm just not waiting for you. Get year. in there. Get what in there. What kind of peanut
1: butter is this, by the way? To be like really pretentious, like is this
0: artisan? It's like artisan, you know, twelve dollars Brooklyn peanut butter. Oh Jesus, is that okay? Uh, I guess if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we heard about this sandwich called the Elsie, which is bacon, peanut butter, mayo, American cheese, and eggs. And it just made us wonder, you know, what else do people eat peanut butter with? Um, so we asked our readers. We asked our friends. This is very good. It's good, right? Very good. Um, so the answer is a lot. People eat peanut butter with a lot of stuff. Um, and so we did this giant taste test, and this was actually one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Amanda? I'm a convert. You are? Mm-hmm. So, OK, so the thing is, like, it's you like need peanut dipping sauce, right? Yeah, you With need to needed something like kind of a, the best ones were the most aggressive ones. So like peanut butter and kimchi, peanut butter, or mayo, dill pickle and and cheese, which if you close your eyes and put in and you forget what you just put in your mouth is actually like awesome.
1: When I was a kid, um, I went to this day camp in Brooklyn and, uh, you know, again, we're like, you know, this isn't like some private school day camp. You know, we ate we ate what we got for for snack time, and for some reason, uh, peanut butter, cheese, mustard, and bologna got really popular. Like you know, when you're a kid, you're gonna do whatever everybody else is. Yeah. Um. So bologna was like a special occasion meat. Like we only got like <laughs> bologna like a couple times a summer. So <laughs> peanut butter and cheese and mustard. Was like the de facto sandwich, and I still eat it. You know, was it like
2: French's mustard or yeah, well, oh. I mean,
1: cheap mustard. It's like store
0: brand mustard yep, and yep. peanut butter and American cheese, and it is it like I love it. Well, those kind of combinations sort of like defy the artisan Brooklyn peanut butter, right? You have to have like French's mustard and like Jif. and the, the secret when you're when you're gonna make any peanut
1: butter sandwich is. Fry it on both sides so the peanut butter gets melty smart and I mean you could put you could put whatever you want i mean peanut butter is uh, and peanuts in general just they're used as a savory mm-hmm. ingredient all over the world, and they're used as a protein source all over the world i mean I mean think about like African cuisine um you know i mean god an African peanut soup is really like one of my favorite things ever, and it comes together and like Five minutes mm-hmm. so you could put like grilled chicken peanut butter, maybe like some like layered potatoes, a couple of greens, maybe some spinach, griddle that up, boom, sandwich, there you go, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, but it's also a, it's a super strong flavor. We tried it on saltines and dipped in tomato soup. One of our readers told us to do this um it was just slimy peanut butter crackers mm-hmm. um i mean every peanut butter makes everything else taste like peanut butter
1: peanut butter's a you know, special time of the month lady food. Um just I'm not even gonna shy away from that.
0: Like how often I, I find
1: myself crying at two AM eating peanut butter out of a jar going, this is the best thing ever. So um yeah, I mean you'll you'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning like I need something to put on this peanut butter. So yeah, why not put peanut butter and sriracha and kimchi and
0: leftover coleslaw together? Like why at that point you just
1: like you don't care. Amen.
0: Yeah. Amen. Um, so well, let's talk about some of the weirdest foods that that you guys have eaten before um and and peanut butter or no um you know
1: it, it's it's weird for me to figure out or qualify what's weird food yeah, Because um, things that are like again things that are weird to me uh you know, I grew up in New York, I grew up in brooklyn uh and I'm very fortunate that I grew up in a very eclectic part of Brooklyn where, you know, like my best friend's Cantonese. My other best friend moved here from Korea when she was six. So, like, kimchi is, is very, very normal to me. Um, but jello's weird, you know? Like, the weirdest thing I guess I grew up with is uh, something called gabutzel, which is like pretty much a, a calf's head. And I, uh, I can't eat a lot of offal as an adult. Because it sucked so bad. And it's like, yeah, like, awful is like that thing that you didn't enjoy eating. Like, you had to eat because it was like, it was this or nothing. So when awful got trendy in the past 10 years, like, people are like, oh, this tripe is a revelation. I'm like, oh, oh, no. You're like, no. no. throw these sweetbreads. I'm like, you are lying to yourself and to everybody else here (laughs) because you want to look cool. I'm like, that is crap. Like, that is just, that is awful. Bottom of
0: the barrel. No.
1: Yeah, that is just, oh, God. And I'm like, I'm not even going to You haven't
2: come around on, like, pig's head?
1: No. No. Um, I'll eat cheeks and ears and stuff like that. But like, you know, and I've tried. I'm I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to have like the tongue and and I'm going to do this. and I'm going to be popular like all the other foodies who are sticking all sorts of weird parts of a face in their mouths. And it tastes like, you know, somebody was licking a barnyard floor. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm just owning this. I don't like it. I'll eat. I'll eat other weird stuff.
2: Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not touching awful. I can't. I, kind of, I draw the line at tongue. In fact, mine was, was going to be tongue. It was duck tongue, mm-hmm. which I actually had. Now this is going to sound super snobby, uh-huh. but it, I only went there once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was at El Okay. And, uh, and actually, like, you know, that's a place that sort of celebrates weird food, right? Well, it's got that little bone in it, which makes it weird, too. I don't a duck remember tongue? the bone. I think, like, I think I kind of blocked out a lot of it you from my You blocked out memory. the bone. <laughs> it was, well, I blocked out. I just remember this, like, plate of these little tongues just all lined up in this very neat fashion, like you would expect at a three-star restaurant. And, you know, you're just, I was there with a bunch of food people, and it was like, there was no way I was going to pass on the duck tongue. I was going to be the one who passed on the d- duck right. tongue. So I just, like, downed it. I remember
1: being four-year-old and uh, eating brains, and I could still – I'm 34 now, so this is 30 years. I could still taste them in my head. Like, you know when you have such a bad experience yeah. and you remember it? And, like, I can sit here right now and bring that back. And I'm like, oh, God, that was
2: terrible, you know? Yeah, so, but I feel like you – like, not like not all childhood yeah. like, foods like that. Like that, Like, scar like, you for, for life. Like, an oyster. I do remember exactly when I had my first raw oyster. It was – on the Jersey Shore at a mm-hmm. town called Spring Lake. And I got this thing in my mouth, and I was just like, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> yeah. Like, And I was a guest of my friends, and so I was like, do I run to the bathroom? I love that so moment I... of like,
0: do I chew this? Do <laughs> I swallow it? Like... It
2: felt like an hour that I was sitting there trying to decide what to do. Um, but it was probably like... You know, thirty seconds. Of, I remember of the torture. first
1: time I ate an oyster so well because I, I completely made a spectacle of myself. Um so I was with my best friend, we were up in Boston and we went to like one of those super old oyster houses by Quincy Market, and I'm like, I really want to try these. And like I know they're gonna be like cheap up in Boston. So like my poor college student uh but could like afford it. And I shot it and I just I started giggling and like clapping my hands like I I, like, I am I don't know if I'm like the worst or the most fun person to eat with ever because when I get like really excited like I will start jumping up and down and like dancing in my seat and Telly is like what's up and I'm like it's like making out but with food and I'm like I'm just like literally like jumping up and down like waving my arms and everybody at this table it's like a, these big communal tables they're like laughing at me um, and Telly is like you know with his head like oh god I can't be seen with person. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If you're not gonna get that excited about oysters, you know, you just pay twenty-four bucks for them.
0: I want to bring up that point that you you started with about you know what constitutes weird food. Mm-hmm. Um, because it means so many different things to so many people. I mean, we we basically pulled the internet. You know, mm-hmm. what's the weirdest dish that you secretly love? What's the weirdest thing that you've eaten? And it's the internet, like you have a screen separating you and the answer, mm-hmm. just no holds barred. Give me the weirdest stuff mm-hmm. um and we got like have you ever tried carrots and peanut butter it's like what yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. that's not weird um so i mean i mean answers were all over the place so what like what does it mean for food to be weird mm-hmm. i
1: think i think once you've
0: been pregnant once your
1: threshold of what's weird goes like you know you you hear those stereotypical things about um pickles and ice cream mm-hmm. you know but then you're like oh wait you know that's briny and sweet i wouldn't i wouldn't eat that regularly. But sometimes, like, your body is craving certain things and it's telling you to do certain things. So, like, it's not like, okay, go out and eat, like, you know, like something stomach. But you're like, you need something sweet and sour and whatever all at the same time, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, and this is what you have in your house. So I think a lot of weird combinations sometimes come I feel from I like you have a lot going on in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, a lot of – yeah. Like last night, my kid woke up hysterical crying because, like, you know – He wanted to stay up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I wasn't letting him. So I'm like, oh, well,
0: I should eat some peanut butter while I'm up, you know? (laughs) Just was logical. So I think there are a couple of different camps of weird food. There's, like, this nostalgic weird food, you know, Uh the pig head. Um, But there's also this weird food... You know, for desperation's sake, like you get home, it's two a.m. You're like kind of tipsy. You're really hungry. You have nothing in your fridge, or just like the entire state of being in college. Um, and this is sort <laughs> of self-serving because I really want to know what Amanda Hesser ate in college. What was your college dorm food? In
2: college, I was. I remember we used to drink a lot of this. Do you remember? It's like it comes in like a little rectangular, like tin um, container. It's not Swiss Miss. It was had another name. the
1: International Delight coffee.
2: Is yes. that what it was? Yes. Because yes. you remember
1: those commercials when you were a kid that made them look like super classy people? Yeah. They're like, do you want some Cafe Vienna after dinner? Exactly.
2: <laughs> I wish we were still in Vienna.
1: Me too. Here. This will take you back.
0: Mmm. Chocolate. This reminds me of the coffee that we had
2: tonight. New Viennese Chocolate Cafe. Rich coffee with a touch of luscious Chocolate.
1: That was my favorite night in Vienna. But we never went out. Celebrate Yes, I want one of those, like, cappuccinos in a can.
2: We used to stock up a lot of that in our dorm room. I do remember that. I'm going to sound like such a nerd here.
1: Um... I don't understand like a lot of convenience foods and I don't understand like the rest of the country. Like I'd go to like my best friend's house and he'd be like, oh, you know, we picked up some roast pork at the Chinese bakery and the the rice cooker is always on. And like we just like make ourselves little bowls of like whatever we had lying around the house, like, you know, um, like stir fried mushrooms and stuff. And we just sit there and like we eat it and like, you know, watch MTV, you know. (laughs) So like the idea of of eating anything out of a can with a, a meatball. I use the finger quotes a lot. You are. Here, you are. You know? No. It's, like it's I need a little, little for me. Like I need a little <laughs> buzzer or something like she's doing the finger quotes on the radio now. <laughs> um, but yeah, if like there's something uh, that's a meat that's coming out of a can in a ball form, I feel like you should just generally stay
2: away from that. Like that's just I, – I, I shouldn't have to tell you that that's a poor decision. Good to avoid. <laughs> yeah. At all costs. I feel like the, the weird food I remember from when I was young was more before college. Like when I was like probably – eight or ten like for some reason i loved chewing on raw elbow macaroni i love that too oh i love that now and then you can like kind of press it into shapes in your mouth yeah and then it's yeah i uh
1: it's kind of a scary
2: satisfying
1: <laughs> i <laughs> still something... at this point like i like my pasta super super al dente to yes. the point where sometimes it's like probably technically raw um as my sister and I, uh, we used to take like spaghetti or like linguine when we were kids, and we'd pretend that we were farmers. And like, you know, in our in our heads, farmers <laughs> always had like that weed in their mouth,
0: whatever the hell that yeah, is. Yeah, like a piece of straw. But yeah, oh, that's so the Brooklyn we, version.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we chew on it. We're like, we're farmers. Look at us. Um, but yeah, no. And you you develop a taste for like really weird things when you're a kid that are just like like super comforting comforting to you. Mm-hmm. So like, I like like raw macaroni. I like, I love idiosyncratic food. Um, like when my grandmother would make lasagna that, that piece in the corner that burns yes, and you know the part of the best yes that's the best part it's the best part and you're not gonna go write a recipe on Food 52 where you're like leave this in the oven way too long or like take these green beans and boil the crap out of them until they're like practically mush but like those little well we might actually yeah, <laughs> we, we would do that and yeah. I think yeah. we should well um, I,
2: I worked in France and we used to um, uh, I work for Anne Willen who's uh, you know a uh, own La Varenne and has written lots mm-hmm. of French cookbooks, but actually one of her favorite dishes was to, um, which I thought was very weird when I uh, first started working for her, but then fell in love with it, was you take, you blanch green beans and then you get, you um, heat a wok uh, with a ton of butter and uh, put the green beans in there and then just cook them and cook them and cook them until they're basically like blackened and brown and like comfy wow, with butter. Wow, so good. Um, which you would never, it's something you would never think is okay to do with a green bean.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And I think if you closed your eyes and ate them, you wouldn't know what they were exactly. But they're fantastic,
1: you know. And again, I think that comes to to personal preference. It's like, how do you like? Like, I wish somebody out there, honestly, would figure out a way to deliver me a pizza that's actually just burnt cheese stuck to the box. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, if somebody
1: could figure out, like Domino's, a box of
2: cheese stuck to cardboard, I would buy that like every day. But or, like, those little bits that get stuck in the bottom of a pan after roasting chicken. Yes. Like, yes. just sell those. Yes. Just those. Or, like,
0: yeah. um, like Love chicken that. butt. Like, it's like burnt ends of chicken. Yeah, yeah. Chicken
2: butt is
1: the best. Like, um, I always, I'm, and I'm making this tonight, and I'm so stoked for this, uh, making, like, two roast chickens, and right before you carve it in the kitchen, you just pull up that, like, little tail end of the butt that's just really, like, fat and crispy skin. And it's, like, me and my oldest son is, like, our secret. I'm, like, Atticus, chicken butt. <laughs> it <like, God>, <laughs> like, runs in and we're like nobody you know gotta know because it sounds weird when you're saying it but like you'll eat you'll eat pig butt like that's what ham is so totally. like that little piece of chicken butt is like so freaking good and you it's don't like- see that on the menu like chicken asses <laughs> It's you know? like the new age
0: oyster of the chicken. It's yes. like the new mm-hmm. cooks. Yes, juice. It's like you go Nobody knows south, about the oyster anymore, but... I feel really? like. No, yeah. everyone knows about oyster. Really? I don't think Everybody. they do.
2: I feel like people are always leaving it on the cutting board and then I snag it. No. Well,
1: that... uh, we shouldn't tell them. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't. I had read that about 75% of the chicken legs and the chicken back quarters that are made in America are actually exported to Russia because nobody in America eats them. And I'm like, that is just such a bad call on our part because that's the best part of the chicken. Yeah. Uh, but everybody, like, you know, they love white meat, which has no flavor and it always dries out. And even McDonald's said that when they uh, they switched to all white meat chicken, they're like, I think they started selling like 300% more or something, like hmm. something insane like that. I was like, what, like, did people think it was healthier? Uh, like, I think chicken nuggets are a lot weirder than like chicken butts. Chicken butts are good. So uh, now that now that we've had this podcast, I'm waiting for chicken butts to go on the menu somewhere, like like a trio of chicken butt. They will. You heard, you heard it here first. <laughs> here, yes, the chicken butt tasting, the chicken butt flight, chicken butts of
0: 2015. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Nolan, take note. Yes. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about one less kind of weird food, and that's the that's the weird food that like I think you know, in my opinion, sort of exists to to be shocking. Uh-huh. It exists to like form like. Really Long lines in Brooklyn about um, so the you know the Humphrey Slocum ice creams for example um, that like that kind of stuff there's a they make a strawberry black olive ice cream that's sort of controversial, you know some people love it, some people hate it, but like my question is what's the point of putting black olives in strawberry ice cream and is it is that good weird? Are we cool with that? How do we feel about people just like kind of pushing that boundary yeah very honestly
1: from from the chef's perspective. And and as crappy as this is, the past couple of years, nobody's gonna write about you unless you put like like black olives or, or you know, rusty nails or something in your food. It's uh it's ridiculous. I mean, and that's why like last summer we started coming up with very intentionally sat satirical food just to kind of make fun of that trend. And then one of those trends did end up going viral, and it was very <laughs> – it was kind of really emotionally awkward for us because it's like, well, it's satire becoming the thing. It's satirizing. So what was it? It was the Nutella
0: Zagna. Yep. I was just going to ask. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it was um, – like over the summer, we had just come up with an idea of, of doing like – we called it Jump the Shark Summer, and we had a big whiteboard, and we wrote blank is the new cupcake. Because, like, that's that's the standard. That's, like, cupcakes are the color black. Yes. So you'll see that every three months. Like, what was what was this year? Uh, last month, rugula was the new cupcake. And uh, bone broth was the new cupcake. And I heard that bone broth is now over. Somebody on Twitter yesterday was recommending matcha bone broth. Yeah. That's the next trend. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just combine all of them into, yeah. like, like, this <laughs> disgusting stock? We used to have, like, a trend cycle of, like... A year or two. And and, and I'm not even going to get into the fact that I think food trends are ridiculous and disrespectful to food to begin with. So anyway, we had this board. It was blank as the new cupcake. And we just started filling it in with everything. And it really came down to the last two letters of Nutella were L.A. and the first two letters of lasagna were L.A. (laughs) And we're like, we could put these together and it'd be ridiculous. Can you describe it for us? It's uh, We take lasagna noodles and then we... um, brush them with like a brown butter that we've infused with orange zest and so we did that and then we made like a like a cannoli cheesecakey custard to be like the regatta part. And then we take Nutella and then we make a, a ganache out of it. So there's your tomato sauce. You, you sprinkle it on. You drizzle it. And then instead of Parmesan, you roast hazelnuts and you sprinkle it over. And you do it like five layers. And then everybody else is like, no, nah, it needs to be
2: kind of sweet. So we made a
1: layer of – I took, think it definitely
2: sounds like it needs a little something more.
1: I'm not a, a sweets person at all. I'm like kind of more creamy savory. So we made a layer of homemade marshmallow on top. But then we burnt wow. it so it would have wow. like the toastiness like that. Again, the burnt lasagna Adding part. dimension
2: to your satire.
1: Yes. So- so uh, and then but then it, it like it went viral in December like it happened in August but we had decided to put on the Christmas menu because it was like people kept asking for it and literally I tweet I'm like hey, it's coming back but the next thing know, I'm getting like calls all over the world and like I've got lines out the door at eight o'clock in the morning I'm like. I mean, we've kind of created this culture where, like, you know, we got to get the next big thing and we got to get the next big mm-hmm. thing. And, like, we keep, have to keep topping the next guy yeah. or the last guy. And and that's ridiculous to me as a chef. Like, I just, you know, if I'm putting things together and I do put a lot of weird
0: stuff together, but it's it, it comes from a place of making good food. On your on your on your journey to Nutella lasagna were there were there things that you tried that were just like what are we doing like no this is a fail we can't do this
1: (laughs) we yeah i mean like we could always come up with a recipe and like tweak it to the point where we think it works um there (laughs) i think the worst thing that that we did uh we were doing a banana nutella sticky bun and we i took a caramel recipe from a Pretty not, a, I guess, a super well-known cookbook, but like a Brooklyn cookbook for like a chocolate caramel, and it was like the worst thing we'd ever tasted. And we just literally we took the pan, we threw it in the garbage, and we're like, we, we never looked back. We're like, we don't even want to try this
0: again. <laughs> we, just, we don't want to do it. But like,
1: you know, I mean, where's that line between making a good dessert with like interesting ingredients and like, you know, I saw uh, like a green tea molten chocolate cake on the internet the other day. Which sounds really good. That's just using, that's just cooking. I get that. But then people are going to be like, oh, it's a hybridization between green tea and chocolate. Like, no, it's a freaking cake. You know, get over it. It's a cake. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you ever say that to people? I can picture you. (laughs) I I think I have a press release
1: on my blog that said, just get over it. I mean, (laughs) good food is good food. Having fun in the kitchen is having fun in the kitchen. You know, we just all need to kind of like calm down a Mm -hmm. bit. You know, I mean, I have no problem with hybridization, but if you're like, I, I mean, let's just think about this realistically. Black olives do not go with strawberries. Black olives have a very, very strong flavor, and strawberries are very, very delicate. Um, strawberries have a delicate, but like, kind of a pungency flavor, and you know they're going to get wiped out by, you know, the olive flavor.
2: Well, I don't, I don't know if I agree with you though, because I sort of feel like strawberries and balsamic are a pretty classic combo, yeah. right? And Balsamic vinegar, if it's really good, it's like mm. very intense and has its own p- pungency, right? And so I feel like, which is offset by mm-hmm. the strawberries. Right? I think if you but, were going to do like thing-
1: a strawberry salad, though, that might be different. Like if you had like the yeah. ratio of like ninety percent strawberries to like a tiny little bit of olive, that's one thing. But if you have
0: the ice cream, that's you know. So so Melissa Clark reviewed this book in the Piglet, the Humphrey Slocombe book, which has the the strawberry and olive ice cream, um, and she actually she found it addictive. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think you and her would. Um, You would line up. Um, But Slate also wrote a piece about, you know, the number of ways that you can ruin ice cream because we've seen this huge boom of artisanal ice cream books Mm -hmm. um, that have things like strawberry and olive ice cream Mm -hmm. and just like wacky stuff. Um, And (laughs) this quote is really good. This is what they said. Um, The olive seemed more a deliberate defiling of strawberry than a thoughtful enhancement, like declaring one's individuality by getting a really ugly tattoo on the neck worse yet the (laughs) tasting panel was unshocked black olives and strawberry ice cream are just kind of stupid so there's there's this idea of like if we're gonna if we're gonna be weird we may as well go big so if we're gonna get weird we may as well shock Uh, our audience i I get that i mean i
1: the opening line of my book was uh there's a fine line between clever and stupid Mm -hmm. which is spinal tap and i think that's what we're all trying to do in a lot of ways is like kind of ride that line um but i mean i definitely see that from a lot of uh, companies where you don't have chefs necessarily run them. Like there's a lot, there's been a lot of crash and burn artists and food companies in Brooklyn, yes. like people who just wanted to piggyback on the whole thing and like not know what was going on. Um, and you know, it's funny, Max and Mina's never comes into this conversation. They've been in Queens like forever. Like they've been doing garlic ice cream and like maybe 40, 50 years, these people. And you'd always see them on like, Oh, those weird food things. But it was kind of like, there was a freak show sort of quality to them. It was like, Oh, you sure. came for this really great Rocky road, but like, Try this, try this garlic one. You know, it was like a feat of strength in a way. Is the next act for you going to be an ice cream shop? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I, I'd like to open up like a storefront in Manhattan. Maybe I don't know, but. Yeah, I'd love to open up an ice cream shop. I'd love to have another sandwich shop. God, I had a sandwich shop, and the
0: sandwiches were so good. But um... oh, We've got a
2: great new recipe for you. We do, yeah. yeah. You're
0: welcome to this peanut butter and kimchi sandwich recipe. It's uh, just like, yeah, call it, it the Kenzie that's... TM. Uh, is, it, is it peanut butter just with kimchi on it? <laughs> that's it. There we go. There that's we... <laughs> it. you got to keep it simple. Um, this podcast brought to you by peanut butter. Yes. <laughs> who's, who's our sponsor?
2: that'll do it for today thanks so much for coming in allison thanks for having me. great to see you fun to talk to you i love your sandwiches anytime if you have any weird food stories or pictures we'd love to know about them so instagram them and hashtag them with the name of our podcast burnt toast that's b-u-r-n-t-t-o-a-s-t and we're going to regram our favorites our producer is henry malofsky thank you also to kevin plesner Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter address is at food52, that's food52. And you can email us at editors at food52.com. If you like the show, tell everyone you know. And subscribe to us on iTunes.
0: This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at itunes.com slash panoply. That's P-A-N-O-P-L-Y.